Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom, and uh, we have a big show today. I'm so excited. Um, Mandy Figlioli is back. She is my co-host, and um, I think this is what, like your fourth episode or something? So I think it is, Tori. <laughs> um, and we have a humongous guest on our show today, and um, Mandy and I have been um, watching the second season of Making It. And we've been talking about how incredible the makers are this season. And um, Egan Tillman has just totally stood out to us. And we really want to get to know um, about him. And we want to hear about his story and pick his brain. So he is on our show today, guys. Woo <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This is really wild, and I am going to contain myself, but right now my Leslie Nope is coming out. Maybe a little bit of Greg, too. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that's not such a bad thing. I, I've been told that I'm a little bit of um, both Leslie and Craig combined, so I'll just try and tone it down a little bit. <laughs> if anyone's wondering, we're referencing Parks and Rec, which is the greatest TV show of all time. Um, um, but yeah, so Egan, thank you so much for coming on and we'd really love to love it if you could tell us about yourself. Um, my name is Egan, as you know, and I'm 19 years old and I'm a maker. I guess most people would consider me like a costume artist, but I actually do a whole lot of things and that just seems to be the one thing that stood out to people. But um. I mean, I've made since I was like a little kid and it's just always what I've enjoyed doing. And so I'm happy that it's gotten me to a place like making it where I get to meet these two people that I've always loved from TV. But then I also get to showcase my making abilities to like the whole United States or maybe more than that. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have... There's an awesome chat on Twitter, hashtag primary STEM chat, and it's out of Australia, but it's really kind of gone global at this point. And I've been talking about this show. And um, so I have friends that are like in Australia and all over the world saying that they're trying to find the show so that they can watch it too. <laughs> so I think that you're global, Egan. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, that's nice to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where do you live and um, where did you grow up? Let's hear a little bit about um, of where you live in the United States. Um, I was born in Meridian, Mississippi, and I've been here ever since. And my goal is to make things enough to go somewhere else and try my, just try my hand there and see how I like it, because this is all I've ever known, and I kind of want to get out and see the world a little bit. I can understand. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's it's so incredible. And hopefully, uh, if anyone's listening and they're wondering what making it is all about, just stop what you're doing, just quit your job, and just like go home and watch the show. I'm just joking. Don't quit your job, anyone. <laughs> but seriously, just, wait, just stop what you're doing and go watch the show. <laughs> What'd you say? I said wait until your lunch break at least. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, it is such an awesome show. I tell everyone about it, and I tell all of my students. And um, 
and every once in a while I'll toss the show on if we're doing something that's relevant or if we're having um, like the end of the school year last year, um, I put it on a few times and the kids would get mad at me when I'd say like, oh, sorry guys, we have to go, you have to go back to your home rooms. Like you can't stay here all day and watch the show. Um, but anyway, so um, let's, do you want to get into it? Want to get into our combo? Absolutely. All right. Um, Mandy, do you want to ask anything first? I do. Uh, I want to eat, and I'm, gonna, I'm a curriculum specialist, but I'm also a school administrator. And what has really intrigued me, not besides your amazing abilities in making, is your school experience. Um, and you've referenced that you left school. You've referenced that you were bullied at school. And as an administrator of a school district and someone who's always trying to change the culture, are there things... Mm -hmm from your experience that you think we as schools can do better? Do you have any advice for us about how we acknowledge talents like yours that maybe aren't on the surface um, so that everybody feels, you know, a sense of pride in the community and like they belong. So I'm looking for advice from you on how can we make schools better and, and celebrate these creative abilities? Um, well, first of all, I am extremely like thankful that like people like you exist that care enough to like, really like ask people like me questions or just go out of their way to try to make things better for the students because oh, um, it's, a, it's a joy that's what Tori that's why Tori and I are in this profession because yep. it's yeah. all as about a, you guys as a student who ha really did have a pretty rough high school experience it's really nice to know that there are teachers out there that care or administrators and whatever else that care enough to like try to change the schools for the better for the students because I come from a small town and mm -hmm. I understand. in a small town, high school can tend to get, get away from actually being an educational place and become more of like a political place, like small town politics, like I understand. who your parents are and who's popular. And also in a small town, schooling isn't, it's hard to explain. Like there's a big emphasis on schooling as in everyone's expected to go to college. But then at the same time, there's not that much of an emphasis because a lot of people leave and go do trades. And so it's weird. And so we've got the perfect little mixture to where a lot of people in schools don't really care all that much. And so my main thing that there were multiple things in my school experience, of course, the bullying was just terrible and I hated it, of course. And so one thing that is really prominent in bullying today is it's almost impossible to say anything because once you say something and then the kid gets in trouble, then everybody knows that that kid got in trouble and then they're mad at you because you got your kid kicked out of school. Mm -hmm. And so right. a lot of times now if it gets really bad or like violent, something needs to be done. But then a lot of times some like kids just want someone to talk to and to like let it all out and like just basically every, as a student in a high school, <clears throat> you're still developing. And so I guess the main thing that I always looked for was I just wanted a friend. And a lot of times my friend was the guidance counselor because I didn't feel like safe enough to sit in the cafeteria where people wouldn't like bother me. And so I would go sit and eat lunch in the guidance counselor's office. And so it's just kids are looking for a friend. And so like I've seen schools that have done things like they have specific students that are there for like new students or that are there for students who don't exactly fit in all that much. And that's a really cool thing that I've thought. And then like you have been saying about the arts, especially in a small town like Mississippi, the arts are like, in some of these schools are like non-existent. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and they're the first to get cut if there's private money. schools. Right. Have, like, we have one private school that has done like a musical lately. But other than that, like a musical that you can participate in in our public schools, it's like a countywide at a college. It's not even specifically for those schools. Our schools don't do productions. May I oh, think? Wow. I think the. Meridian High School, that's the city school. I'm in the county schools. I think this, that city school does do productions, but none of the county schools do. Um, I don't, my school had one art class and the art teacher, he was a really nice guy and me and him got along because I was artistic, but it's still like, it did not have the budget to really do anything other than sit and watch videos in his class. And which I enjoyed that, of course, because I enjoyed watching things like we watched documentaries about like Banksy and cool things like that. But it's really disheartening as a artistic creative child as like a maker to sit and watch all of the money that goes into school just get poured into athletics and it almost makes you feel like nobody really cares about your talents because everyone just wants to see someone which if you're athletic that is your thing i have had bad experience with athletic people but i'm not i try not to be the type of person that just judges everyone by the one person mm-hmm. but it's not the people. It's just the fact that like it made you feel inadequate unless you were running around throwing the ball around. And that just was never my thing. And I know many kids that that's not their thing. And not only does it make you feel inadequate, but they already are likely to get bullied because of it, because I know I did. And so it's just like, it's like, I'm, I'm forgetting the term here, but it's um adding insult to injury. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're already kind of getting bullied by, bullied because you don't really like to do those things and on top of that the things you do like to do there's no funding there may not ever be a class for it I got lucky and had an art class because not many high schools around here have that and like it's it was a one period for one semester and that was it we couldn't really progress through it and and so it's just a lot of times it feels like schools put emphasis more on one type of student than the others and I think they should try to ration it out evenly, even if that means maybe not getting the new scoreboard or maybe not redoing the gym or just, I think that they should try to ration it out evenly to where all the students feel included and like they're cared about. Yeah. Agreed. 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 Egan does, want, oh, sorry, Mandy. Oh, absolutely. Um, Egan, is there a teacher that stands out? I think a lot of people, even in, who had a, a difficult schooling experience, have a, a teacher that stood out. Or was there any teacher, besides, I know I'm sure you loved your art teacher, was there a teacher that stood out to you or someone you want to give a shout out to that um, included the arts in their class or had a way of, um, you know, showcasing, letting you use your creative talents to show what you know? Um, anybody you would want to give a shout out to? Um, I, I have multiple teachers and it's almost as if like I, like my algebra teacher later on I think her name yeah her name was Miss Maloney she it was algebra you can't really incorporate art into that that much and she didn't really because it's algebra but she was so kind and she cared like she would ask me what I was drawing and she would want to see it and when I would do like when I was 17 I dressed my little brother up as Pennywise the Clown, and it went nuts. Yeah, and he cared if he asked me about it. And so it's just, you don't even really have to incorporate the arts that much. Now, I sure would have appreciated it a whole lot. Right. But to show students, like, if they're doodling on their paper, maybe don't discourage the doodling. 
like that's that's a thing that I was forgetting to say. I have learned that I learn a lot better while doodling. Now you have yeah. to find the middle ground. But if I'm doodling, it's like this weird state I go into where I can listen while I'm drawing. Now if I'm not, then I'm looking around the room and getting distracted. And so it's just like teachers like that. It was really nice because I would doodle, but then I would make an A on the test, and then they would just let me. Like they wouldn't come after me and try to get me to stop and do it their way because every kid learns so so differently and every child is different and no one learns exactly the same and so I would say the teachers that stood out to me the most were the ones that would just let me learn in my own way and then they would also like they cared they would ask me about what I was drawing and they would be like oh that's really cool like I really like that and they would ask me about like my projects that I was working on and that always as insignificant as it sounds it made me feel so valued and like I like enjoyed the class more just because I knew the teacher cared about me and not just about the um, score that I would give them on the test at the end of the year. Oh yeah it makes such a huge difference to connect and just I even think just as a teacher in my perspective I love connecting with the kids because I feel like it makes me a better teacher mm -hmm. to be able to talk to them and what you were saying about doodling um, that so in Massachusetts, I'm part of an organization called MassQ, and it's basically, um, it's teachers that are um, into like technology and all that kind of stuff. And there's a huge push throughout the organization, which is thousands of teachers in Massachusetts, including my school district, that are pushing for what's called sketch noting, which is what you're talking about, doodling on your um, notes and drawing pictures instead of just writing down words and showing what you learn through um, different drawings and perspectives and stuff like that. So there is a big push there. <laughs> and I'm trying. We are hoping. Really, we are definitely really trying. Nice. Yeah. And it's hard though. because yeah, It's really nice to hear that because I live in a small town, like I've said, and so it's hard sometimes not to get overwhelmed by what's happening around here. And it's really nice to take a step back and realize that there are other places that really are trying. And I really yeah. appreciate that and every effort you guys are giving for sure. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, we are, we're all in this together and I think uh, it's really hard to, with you just even saying that your school um, didn't have many art classes in um, or any art classes in your neighboring districts, they didn't have um, any arts or um, plays or anything like that. It's heartbreaking to hear. And I know that um, they're just so valued in my district and I'm so grateful for that. And because of its value, that's how my job became um, what it is. Um, they created my classroom last year and it's basically a giant makerspace um, where the kids are just making. And, um, and if I didn't have that and if the students didn't have all the um, support and I just think it would be such a vastly different environment. And I grew up drawing and so I didn't know until I was about, like I didn't know until I was about 15 or 16 that I enjoyed to paint. And I didn't even oh, know wow. until a little after that that I enjoyed to physically make things, which I've always enjoyed it, but I never really just dove into it realizing like, hey, I like love this and this is like my thing. Now I've always made things, but it's just to hear about like your makerspace. Well, the one thing that comes to mind is that there are so many kids who could have a career and have like a full blown like livelihood and career ahead of them 
that they would never even discover just because no one ever gave them the chance to pick up a paintbrush or some tools or anything. Absolutely. You can't be what you can't see. So schools have to make sure that they show kids what's out there, uh, especially in a small town. I work in a small district and that's always a really big concern of mine that you can't be what you can't see. So if I don't bring it to them, they will never know. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's, that's really what I think maker education is about. Would you agree, Tori? Oh yeah, 100%. And as of a goal, me as a teacher, that's one of my goals is to introduce the kids to as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, I don't have them for very long, like throughout the school year, um, because of the way the schedule is. I wish I could have every single kid every single day, but the reality is I can't. But yeah. when I have them, I try and introduce them to as much as possible. And I try and be as open as possible to whatever it is that they are interested in and want to learn and because of that I, I have kids coming up to me when I'm in the halls or um, when I'm outside of bus duty and they're telling me what they've made I just had a kid I just had a parent today I was walking out to my car and he had already left um, and was at the high school now and and um, and she said I just want to let you know that my son created the coolest ski ball at home because we had a box and he just went to town and she's like and he's in high school now and I was like that's so great and she and it just like felt really awesome to hear that mm -hmm. the kids are still you know, trying to build and create and make as much as possible. And, you know, not every kid does, but it feels so good when. Well, I yeah, because like where I'm from, making is like, now in the small towns, things like this, you have makers. And I, I'm not going to say we don't have makers, but in my high school experience, a maker, all that that is, is like shop class. Mm -hmm. All the like big, tough, popular, like, like macho, masculine guys going in there and just showing off which it's it's that personality trait isn't a problem it's just what you do with it and if uh -huh. you use it to put down others or and to build yourself up then that's the problem because there are many other ways like i find myself being built up the most while i'm building up other people yeah and it makes me feel better about myself to build others up rather than having to tear them down to prove that i'm better than them and that's one of the things that you've talked about on making it you mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why you've stood out to both me and Mandy because you celebrate people for their differences and I think you know what you are doing and creating and your costumes and all the other things that you have made because we totally like you know stalked your entire Instagram and everything <laughs> but like what you're doing is so incredible and I just wish that you had had a better experience and maybe I don't know how you feel but maybe everything happens for a reason maybe your experience has led you to being on making it and this is going to be the door that opens well, yeah, that's like, up for you and you saying that you wanted um, to what did you tweet the other day it was something about like you want to get on Sesame Street or something like that for pup for creating puppets mm -hmm. and I literally was looking at my phone and I was like oh my god yes because like, I was so amazing the puppet that you created of the Asian noodles Mm -hmm. oh man like you're you are going to explode and the world oh, has no you. idea what's going to happen because well, yeah it's like take it by like storm. you were saying like everything happens for a reason there's a part of me that like I, I'm it's a funny way to put it but I guess I can give the bullies credit in the sense of the them bullying me was just terrible and I hated it and it was miserable 
but I'm the type of person that is so unapologetically myself that the more you bully me, the more I'm going to push in the opposite way just to show you that it doesn't We're matter. We're laughing with you. Yeah, that like, is us. That like is I'm us going, sure. If you bully me, I'm going to hate it and it's going to be miserable, but you're just going to make me be like, you're going to make me be myself even harder because I'm just going to try to shove it in your face. Like, hey, look what you said and look what I'm still doing, even though you told me it's stupid or many other mean things that they could say. And so it's like part of me is like thankful for people showing me that like I'm different because that's one of my favorite things about myself. But I also think we can show people, we can like celebrate people's differences and lead people in the right path without having to lose like the kindness of it. Yes. Because bullying as much as it can show people that they're different, it also leaves like scars in the sense of, there are people that are probably the nicest people in the world that I don't trust just because people like them bullied me. And I've had to like deal with that myself. And I try and try and try not to be that way because I don't want to be that way towards people. I want to be, I want to be open to all people and not judgmental, but it's still just like you look at someone who's wearing the same hat or dresses the same way. And your brain just automatically just wonders like, will they even like me? Like, are they going to like make fun of me like everyone else did? And so I feel like we could, build people up and lead people in the right direction without leaving all of the um like fear and worry that comes with bullying because yeah. it does it does leave scars in the sense of you don't know what people are going to think of you and it's it's a complicated issue because I don't care what people think of me but I still would prefer to be liked like I've never cared what people nature. thought but I would still prefer people not be jerks. <laughs> it does, I, mean, I don't care. It sucks for everyone around you to be a jerk because you feel like you're trying your best to just be you. And as much as you don't care that people like you, it still sucks for no one to like you. And I won't say no one did, but a whole lot of people went out of their way to show me that they weren't fond of me. And that's oh. not a nice feeling whether you care what they think or not. Yeah. I, and I, so mean, I, I just totally understand hope for the future of schools where you live and where I live everywhere that we can learn healthy ways to lead kids in the right direction that also show other kids like that show um the bullies quote unquote that like I would much rather everyone be happy getting along rather than flip the switch and me be bullying people because they bullied me yeah agreed I would rather turn back the clock and every single one of us all just get along and be happy because I'm I'm not out for revenge I'm just out for everybody to be happy being themselves I think the best thing that comes out of my bullying experience is as heartbreaking as it may seem, there's still a triumph in it in the sense of like I came out on top in the sense of I came out loving people and caring about people. And so if things don't work out, if there's any kid out there that happens to be listening or anybody out there that happens to be listening, that if things aren't working out in your favor, if, like all these suggestions that we're giving those things don't happen in your area. Like the best thing that I could say is like, even if those things aren't happening, you can come out on the other side, still being kind to people and yourself and still loving yourself for who you are, because basically you just have to disregard what they say. And the hardest part about it is that you probably should be nice to them, regardless of how mean they are to you. You now stand up for yourself, but the best person you could possibly be is to be nice to the people who are, even being mean to you because that just shows people like the integrity you have and how like people who have stooped so low to make fun of you aren't even like they don't even have the power to make you be rude to someone which speaks volumes compared to revenge and so that's one thing that I 
would love for people to understand and hear in today's society. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Egan, this is so raw and real. And I like, I have more questions that I want to pick your brain on. Is it okay if we talk about those things too? Sure. All right. So we would love to know about your inspiration. Who inspires you? Um, is there, uh, is it a person or is it, is it a style? Like what, what gets you excited about making? What led you to making? Um, lots of things led me to making. Uh, I grew up like with the parents that I grew up on. I'll have to just straight out the gate say that my parents have always inspired me to just be the best person that I can be. My parents, uh, they raised me on some of the best movies in the world and some of the things like the, and the best music in the world. And so I guess I was always inspired here. Wait just a second. Let me. Okay. Sorry. My no siblings went up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Anyways. Um, just the music and the movies that they showed me was always inspiring because like I said on the show, one of my greatest inspirations was like Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. And that started because my parents would show me uh, movies like um, Labyrinth. That is like one of my all time favorite movies. Oh my God. That's one of my husband's favorite. He loves Jim Henson. He has always like movies have always been a big inspiration. And then the parents that I have worked out great for that because it's always like, that's one of the reasons I want to work in film because Mm -hmm. not only do I want to enjoy my job, but I want to see a kid on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever. I want to see a kid making something that I made knowing that like I gave them the inspiration that I I always felt from like Disney or Jim Henson as a kid because being that source of inspiration to a child would just be amazing knowing what it meant to me as a kid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you already are starting to get there, too, honestly. That's been been the best other than, well, I won't say other. It's about equal. The uh, Equal to the friendships that have come out of this show is the amount of people who have messaged me and said that I've inspired them because that's what I've always wanted to do is just be that source of inspiration for others because that source of inspiration always drove me as a kid. Yeah. What, um, what, is there a particular... Uh, material that you um, are hoping to master? Like, is there something that you haven't done yet that you're um, thinking about starting to do or wanting to figure out? Um, I get one of the main things that I'd like to master. I do it, but I want to master it is like sewing mm-hmm. because I Same. love to make puppets. Like I've said, and like noodle puppet, noodle puppet was a whole lot of hot glue and yarn, which he turned out <laughs> but a different type of puppet. Mm-hmm. Like I've made a few Kermit the Frog replicas and they've turned out great, but I just want to really just dig deep into like the puppet making process to where I like, there aren't any hurdles because like, I love to make replica Muppets because I love to sit them on the shelves because I like to have things in my room that have always inspired me throughout my life. And it's nice to just see them and be like that thing that always inspired me. I made it now. Like That's I cool. can do that. And so I will go through the ones that I want to make and I'll be like, well, I I don't quite know how to sew that that way. And I don't quite know how to make the pattern for that. And so I'd really like to just really tackle pattern making and sewing so I can just start doing it on my own rather than having to figure it out step by step and 
just do it over and over. But the good thing about making is even if you fail, you learn something. Oh yeah. Can we and knit so, that into a pillow or something? That absolutely. That's a huge piece. I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned it, Egan, because I think that's what something else that school needs to simulate well, and especially through a creative experience or designing things so that when you go out into the world as an adult, you've had that experience of, of having to persevere and, and learn and try again and make it better and do it better. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes kids don't want to fail. They want teachers to just tell you what to do. Yep. You give, give me the A, mm -hmm. give it back. And that's just, that's just not fun. And, um, and they don't get so it. Yeah. Also, not only do kids not want to fail, but also it becomes almost like a, um, like <laughs> kids don't feel enough. Because, yeah. the, like, in the social media world we're living in, of course we're going to post the that's the best one because everybody wants, if you make three puppets, you're it's the best. But living in that world, that comes with kids wondering why their stuff doesn't look that great. And then almost because they don't think they'll enough when in which they really need to know the amount of just years and months and days that have gone into projects like that, knowing that, I have had things that I've just thrown away because I've hated them so much, but here I am making things that I actually love that comes from years of failure and practice and mistakes. Like you don't just, you can have a gift, but you still have to exercise it. No one's just born of 100%. You still have to exercise it. And if you expect like kids expect, like they want like instant gratification in the sense of they want to draw the picture and it to look amazing. And if it doesn't, they must want to give up. Mm -hmm. And so the best thing to tell kids today is about, oh, then they know it's okay to make those mistakes and to keep trying and quitting because they're not the best at it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that um, I try and emphasize in my room, in my classroom. I, it's like become a well-known fact that I don't have any erasers in my room. And the reality <laughs> is that I just, the pencils that I had were taken by kids by accident or whatever they're lost somewhere and so now all I have are pencils that don't have erasers because they're like mm -hmm. color pencils or whatever it is so every time it's like oh no like I messed up like what can I do I'm like well we don't have any erasers so let's just figure mm -hmm. it out yeah just, we can fix it it's fine so that's, that like and that brings in so many different aspects of like the whole maker mindset because there's problem solving in that you can try to work around it mm -hmm. because as much as you want to start over, there are a lot of times in making you can't start over. You don't have enough materials. You can't go get any and you have to figure it out. And so problem solving is a big thing. But then also you can keep the mistake, pack it up on the wall and look at it so you know next time, hey, maybe I could do this a little bit differently. And then in a year's time, you can look at the final product versus the first one and see all of the changes you've made and how it's made you better. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it's a great way to make it's almost like a portfolio and just showing uh -huh. your progress and showing how you're learning and not only does that like show you that like the progress like the progress that you've made it just makes you feel so much better that like you did that you worked and you worked hard and you got there and it was like your perseverance that did that which a lot of kids need like i'm all about being humble because i never act like i'm bigger than anyone but you like give yourself credit where it's due mm -hmm. like on the fact that you're good at that and on the fact because like 
like I saw in a newspaper the other day, like I, if I said I was humble, that'd be the most unhumble way to say that you were humble. But <laughs> like, I really do try to like keep myself level headed and stay like on the same playing field as everyone else. Cause I like I'm better than anyone. But I also, I like, I own the fact that I'm good at what I do. And I think all kids need to learn to do that. I think people need to stop mocking people for being confident. There's no, like, people have, like, in a day where everyone is confident so much, when you're confident, it almost comes off as, like, self-absorbed. And there are people that are self-absorbed, but I think we need to work on, like, differentiating those things because it's healthy and okay to have confidence in yourself. And people are almost mocking it today because everybody – they basically don't want people to be okay with themselves. They want everyone, they want to nip everything and say a little something to them. And like, you're too comfortable with yourself, which is terrible because everyone deserves to be comfortable with themselves and deserves confidence. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and just you talking about how you've grown as a maker too. I think that's so important to know. And one of my favorite things to do is go to the art show every year. Um, in my district, they have, um, all the kids get to pick stuff that they've uh, drawn or created in art class from pre-K all the way up through senior year and just seeing the progression. And something that I wish mm-hmm. they did was have uh, kids keep a portfolio or, or something, something to show the, the seniors that are um, really specializing in art and they, they're taking several art classes and they're probably going to go to school for something in regards to art. Like, I would love to see where they started. Because you know that they started with like, my, like the... My grandma has a giant chest full of basically every drawing I've ever done in her presence. Your grandma's amazing. Aww. So she's Aww. kept all of it. And so I have so much fun going over there from time to time and just digging through that chest and just taking pictures. Because like being such a big fan of like pop culture and movies, I draw a lot of things more than once. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to go back and find that picture of the Joker I drew and compare it to one that I drew yesterday and just be like, wow. I thought that was so good. it was for my level but like I'm so beyond that now and it's just super it's just a boost of confidence That's and awesome. I'm also really glad that you mentioned like the art shows and things because me and Aspen actually were talking about it on Twitter the other day one of the best ways to find inspiration is to just go to a museum like mm-hmm. they're so full of it they're just full of inspiration in like every cranny and corner that's so true. It's that's so amazing. Hey, um, I want to ask you on the show. You said that you take, uh, you use a lot of your materials from just like stuff that you find around the house. And I want to talk about this real quick because Mandy Figlioli is the queen of trash's <laughs> treasure. Mandy, tell Egan about your children's book. Oh, Egan, I had a bucket list item to be a children's author and. I was very fortunate to write a children's book. It's called Miss Makey and the Magic Bin. It and is I think, you're in, yeah, I think you'd like her because her the opening line of the book is that she's a teacher that never wanted to grow up. Um, and you said that on last night's show, and it really resonated with me because I find you as some, I know you're young and younger than us, but I, we both, Tori and I, describe ourselves as very young at heart. And um, so this character has this magic bin where she collects trash, Miss Makey, and the kids make inventions out of the trash. And so I was wondering, and I want to, this is an official Egan quote. You said, I find stuff and I make stuff. 
And so I was wondering, do you have like a special place where you keep your stash or do you have a makerspace at home? Where does the magic happen for Ian? The magic mostly happens in my room. I have, uh, like, I, it's weird being a maker that uses things that most people consider trash because it's almost like it looks weird to the outside human. No way. That's like a huge, that's like one of the number one things that we so talk like, about. Like, for example, a few years ago, I, this one never actually got posted because I didn't finish it because we got into a move and I, we had to move and I lost some of the pieces. And so I'm working to restart that project. But a few years ago, I was making a C-3PO costume for cool. my little brother. And I'm all about beauty in like dirty things. And so I love C-3PO much more when he's covered in sand and grime. And that's so much more fun to do. It's just <laughs> so much more fun to decorate rather than a shiny, fancy C-3PO. So I was doing that one and I found like the little nub that goes on the bottom of like a school chair, like the little silver thing that rolls around in the ball on the bottom of the school chair. I found it, it broken off on and I saved that thing for weeks waiting to find something to use it on. And I ended up putting it on the front of C-3PO as a little button. And it was the most insignificant detail that I loved the most about that whole costume. And nobody understood why. <laughs> but I saved thingy for weeks because it was just right. And it had a little rust on it. And it was bent this way. <laughs> and it looked like it had been around for years. And I saved it. And when I used it, I felt so satisfied <laughs> with myself. And nobody could take that away from me. That's it's all awesome. the details. Hey, that is the ultimate trash is treasure. Details are so much fun. Uh, so true. We are definitely big trash collectors for yeah. making. Uh, my mom will come in my room sometimes and be like, Egan, do you really need all of this stuff? I'm like, not yet, but maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Egan, that's, that's how my office looks. I have an office in central, um, in central office where all the very important administrators are. And I have a little container that it's called my magic bin. And people just bring me the wildest things. I collect. <laughs> I mean, like they'll bring, they bring like the little things from pizza with the, like the little, like a mini table, mm -hmm. um, certain gum containers that just, you know, I am the trash collector of the school. And so people come to central office and bring me trash. I don't know yeah, whether I should be proud or ashamed, but it's my thing. You should no be proud, man. Ever throws away cardboard, ever. Uh, me yeah. either. Anytime there's a cardboard box, like I get a knock on my door. <laughs> That's how it always goes. And they're like, do you need this? And I'm like, no, I'm not sure I need that one right now. And then they'll throw it away. But then sometimes I'll be like, oh, yes, I, I'm, in, I'm running low on cardboard. And then they'll start restocking me for a month or two. <laughs> I have awesome. to make a confession. At today, at the end of the workday on a Friday, it was 3.50. And I hear the word cardboard come out of the office. And I pop out and I say, does somebody need cardboard? And there was someone in the office that said that their child was, they were going to be doing these gingerbread villages and they needed a lot. And we just had a big order of um, Lego kits. I had 36 amazing, like double ply cardboard, like the good stuff that you can even rip open and use the inside. I said, I have, I have these boxes I am willing to share. And that was all they needed. Project solved. They didn't even have to ask the parents. I had everything. Oh, a hero. Cardboard hero. Yes. You're the cardboard hero. That's that's a title I'd love to have. You should be honored. Hey. Can I get a sash? <laughs> yeah. I will get you a cardboard hero patch. I'll talk to Nick and Amy. Hey. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Tori oh deserves one, too. Tori deserves one too. I'll she. You, I'll get. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can get you both a patch. Oh my God! <laughs> I would die. 
I don't even know how you like handle being in the same room as them. I don't even know. I can't even handle talking. Um, now. Like I can't. What I will you. say, one of the craziest things about that is when we first got there, and like, of course, we met them first, like on camera. Like our reactions when we see them, that's real. We hadn't met them before. But then there would be like little times when they would like the cameras would stop for a split second because they had to fix something or and Nick and Amy were standing up there and they were talking and someone said something about Kermit the Frog and Amy Poehler, I hadn't even spoken to her yet. This was when they before they had ever said make it. Amy Poehler <laughs> goes, Oh wait, did you say Kermit? I'm sure Egan back there knows a lot about that and like my jaw dropped. I was like, Did she does she say my name and know about my love for Kermit the Frog? And I didn't even have to tell her. Oh my like, God. Is that a real, is this really happening? <laughs> oh, it's, it's really happening and we're watching your show. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, you're I really, on the really, really appreciate you tuning in. It means the world for so many people to oh, love this as much as I do. This, I mean, this show is everything to us. This is, this is exactly what, like, we've been trying to shout from the rooftops forever. And it's just so validating to have it as a tv show that they're showing what people can do and use and do with their hands and and mm -hmm. oh god it's the best and I, I they need to do a season three and like season three through mi a million like never have it off the air like the bachelor has just been on for like you know 30 years or whatever let's do that with making it yeah, but, but there's never, my soul never let it die but seriously though it's just it's exactly what the world needs right now in my opinion but um, yeah, not only is it like maker, but it's happy. Yes, super happy. And my, my family loves it. I have to watch it twice because it's on at 10 p.m. here and my son is sleeping. And so I watch it myself at 10 p.m. and then DVR it and watch it again. Thing. Which yeah. I'm on it. So I, when I say I watch it twice, that's kind of an understatement. Because <laughs> yeah. I watch it like six times to pick up on everything. But we watch it once at night when it comes on. Because in my time zone, it comes on at 9 Mm -hmm. And then um, we watch it again the next day with all of my siblings because they're asleep at that time. Yeah, oh, I wish it was on earlier so families could watch together. But that's yeah. all right. Everyone streams everything now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we watch it once that night, and then we watch it the next day, and then I go sit in my room and watch it six more times to, like, look at every little detail. Because that's the thing that being a part of the show is when you watch it, you're almost kind of watching it like like a viewer other than your parts because the other people like you got to see the things in real life and you kind of got a little glimpse into it but you're so immersed in your project and trying to get it done in the amount of time you don't pay much attention to how the others like got made and like the process that went into theirs and so that's a really nice thing about the show coming from a contestant maker standpoint is you really get to enjoy watching the other people's things that you got to see like the fruit of but you never got to see what led to that because you were so like distracted by your own projects over there in, in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, very I'd, true. I'd be freaking out with a fast cra faster craft. Three, I'd be freaking out. That's, that's very little time for error, iteration, changing, tweaking. You, you have to- For the costumes, we had two hours. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, and they were amazing. They were amazing. And that, that challenge felt like it, like, it, like by the time I started, it was over already. <laughs> like what <laughs> I swear I just started and as like a STEM teacher I think one thing that you really appreciate about the costumes that they didn't really focus on that much is we found these really cool like little bits yes no things Yay! little bits we thought they were so cool and me and Matt put them all over that costume 
And that's like that one part on the episode, Matt couldn't hear anything because the motor was whirring on top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> but we I brought little bits so all much. over those costumes. We thought they were the coolest thing. Oh yeah, I saw that. I totally called that out on Twitter. I was like, I spy a little bit because I have them in my room and I just loved that you guys Yeah, we were looking that. around in the back and we found them and we were like, no way. They're, th- this can't, like we're making a robot and they've got something like this. We've got, they've got this. <laughs> But that's what's so amazing about this season, too. There's been so much um, variety of making, and there's been, like, little things like the adding a little bit and, and having the more, like, sciencey engineering in the background, and like, I've loved that part. Oh, yeah, that that's season. like Jamie. Oh, my gosh, he's the best. Oh, yeah. He's, he's so, like, just the way – his personality is so quirky and interesting and cool, and it's like he comes from, like, Oregon – so he's got this whole like mystical Bigfoot creature vibe, but then mixed with the scientist. <laughs> and so it meets in the middle and it's like Professor Bigfoot and it's the best thing ever. Yeah, he's so cool. He's got the whole like uh, tall tale mixed with scientists, which is such a cool combination. And he's such a cool guy. I don't understand what he's saying most of the time because he's talking way above my skill level in that <laughs> arena. But I do enjoy looking at the final product. Yeah, he's, and he said something... Um, absolutely amazing on, on Twitter the other day because I was asking him about oh I was I was talking about just how he in, integrated um, STEM well, let me see if I can find it while we're chatting um, how he's added uh, the arts into it and I just I think it was really cool having him on the show I wish he had stayed I wish like everyone stays the whole season like I saw a tweet that said that we should just everyone stays and with the most patches wins at the end. And I was like, that is a good idea. That yeah. Season three. Because let's switch still this a winner and no one has to go home and everyone just gets to make everything. Because yeah. like, honestly, I imagine like huh, one of like the worst things about getting eliminated would be not getting to make things that you planned. Like that's yeah. one of my, I feel the worst for Aspen because I'm sure she had so many amazing things she was going to make that she didn't get to. And that would be the most heartbreaking part to me. That's true. I, I think about that, you know, like that would be really cool having that patch idea. Let's like, well, you know, NBC now call up, call up Amy and Nick and tell them season three. Like, Hey, Amy, I have a great pitch for season yeah. three. Maybe. And then while you're pitching that, can you also pitch her my idea? I tweeted out to NBC last night. They need to do a making it junior. Oh, that Let's would be get your siblings on there. Do you yeah. have any I'll throw all my siblings on there? We can have we could just have one of those at my house. Do you have any siblings so with similar them. talents? Huh? Any of your siblings, makers, future makers you think? Um, my little brothers love to draw. Like love, love, love it. And I've started to pick up on, they have started to kind of try to make things too. And that's really nice because it's almost like a little me and I get to like raise them and taint their view on the world with making. <laughs> <laughs> no, not taint, tainting their yes, view. Yes, yes. Make it so much better them. the world is yeah. so much better with making. Yeah. And what I found, I found a tweet that I was talking about that Jamie said, he said, you really cannot do science discovery without creatively approaching the problem, seeing something nobody else does, then bringing it into the world. Kind of like an artist does just harder to talk about at a dinner party. (laughs) (laughs) Like we also um, sew that into the pillow that we're creating. It's going to be a big pillow that has all the important quotes. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh wait, are you guys making a pillow? No, I'm just I'm joking. I, whenever someone says something amazing, I'm like I'm like oh, I need to keep that. I like to say like let's sew it into a pillow or like uh, okay, let's I like that. Right like in that. the sky. I'm I'm a, big, I'm a big quote person, and that's why I can't stand my Instagram bio because I always want to change it, but I never want to change it. <laughs> like I want to change it to this quote, but I also like this quote, and both of them in there is too many quotes, but just one of them is not enough. I and so I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's what Twitter's for. <laughs> yes, there we go. There you go. You just keep tweeting the quotes. Yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't do much Twitter until this show came out, and I'm loving it. It's it's amazing, and there's such a huge maker movement on Twitter. Honestly, if you search hashtag MakerEd, you're gonna find so much so much on there, and it's I love Twitter for being able to bring people together in that sense it's mm -hmm. we call it our pln as teachers what's what does pln stand for mandy professional learning network there we go yeah <laughs> and so like you call it your pln you're like oh you know the people that you talk to all the time on twitter about whenever you come up like for example i'll think of a project idea that i want to do with my students and then sometimes i'll send it out to my PLN and say, hey, anyone has, has anyone done this before? Has anyone done something similar? Anyone have any ideas on how to make it better? And this just, the more That's I- been one of the best things- more I grow. Having all these friends that are like, all these new maker friends from the show is quite frequently like I message, we have like a group chat that we still talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So I'll message them and like say, hey, I need to do this. Is like, how would you guys recommend doing this? And or I'll message one of them specifically because I know it's like their thing. And I'll message them like, how do you, like Matt, I'll message him and be like, ask questions about murals or Floyd about these big sculptural pieces. And so it's just super cool. Like I imagine that big of a community is amazing because the little one that I've got with these nine other makers on making it has been great just to be able to talk to them and problem solve with them. It's so awesome. And honestly, from Twitter, I, it's created a whole world that has made me as a teacher way better than I could ever have wanted to be. I follow the maker hashtag, of course. How yeah. And the other day on Instagram, I was on the maker hashtag and I actually learned about a glue sponge, which is the coolest thing ever considering children because it's like a sponge, but it's soaked with glue. What? So rather than squirting glue onto a piece and getting it everywhere you just lightly set the piece of paper on the sponge and pick it up and it's got no, like basically no glue but just enough to stick and i'm like oh my gosh how, that is amazing why has no one like started selling this that's so yeah, cool i've never heard of such a thing it is i will i will I send I you guys a video i will send you guys a video of it after this it is the best invention ever when it comes to kids and glue so I was just super happy to have found that. And That's I'm awesome. 19 years old and I love it. And I'm not a <laughs> child and I should be able to ration my glue amounts, but I can't. <laughs> Hashtag glue problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Egan, this has been amazing and I don't want it to end. I like, I feel like we could talk to you forever, but we probably should wrap it up. Mm -hmm. But before we wrap it up, can you please tell us what your biggest takeaway from from the show and I know we have several more episodes so you know no spoilers or anything like that we're not asking that but like just your experience in general what's been your biggest takeaway my biggest takeaway has definitely been the maker relationships they are all so so amazing and 
I've learned so much from each of them, not only about making, but just about like being human that like I never thought that I would have learned. And I'm just so, so thankful to have each of them in my life and like to be able to learn things from them. And then another big takeaway is just confidence and just knowledge, like learning all these new things that I never would have learned, like learning these things from Jimmy DeResta. He's amazing. And getting this confidence to know that I can do some of these things. And so Mm -hmm. the knowledge and the confidence and the friendships were all such huge parts of it. And they're, all three of those things are absolutely amazing and I wouldn't trade them for the world. That's awesome. That it just sounds like such the best experience ever. I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, Egan. Congratulations. Honestly, Mandy and I have been talking about you all week and both of us just think you are going to be, you already are, but like you are going to be a household name. Like Jim Henson, yeah, we're going to know about Egan. It's oh, just like, that like, means so much. I truly believe it. You are so incredibly talented. And I think that your story and what you've been through and, and how you feel that we should celebrate people for their differences and, as Ellen would say, be kind to one another and, and all of that, I think you are going to change. I always want to use my platform to build up others rather than just myself. And so that's been a big thing is a platform means I can show people how to be kind to one another rather than trying to get everyone to stroke my own ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, We're so grateful. It will happen. You're already doing it. Oh, well, thank Absolutely. you. So that means the absolute world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so great. Oh, all right. I need to, I need to wrap this up before I like can't, <laughs> can't wrap it up anymore and I just want to talk to you forever but you need to tell everyone how to find you tell us about Instagram and Twitter and if you have a website uh, anything like that everything that is me is eeg2n e-a-g-2-n my website my website is eeg2n.com Instagram Twitter Facebook page they're all eeg2n so look that up and you'll find me anywhere perfect Manny will you share um, how we can find you Absolutely. You can find me at Mrs. Fig Makes, M-R-S-F-I-G-M-A-K-E-S. And it is the same on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can also find, order the book off MissMakey.com and also find a lot of resources for teachers there to implement maker education. That's awesome. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at Steam Up the CLSRM and on Instagram at Steam up the classroom and uh, steamuptheclassroom.com. Egan, this has been absolutely incredible. I'm so excited for everyone to be able to hear this episode and I'm extra excited to see what happens next week.